And it used to be so much SEO was really hyper-focused on content. It's, there still has to be a, a focus on content, keyword density, as we use keywords, stuff like that in your content. And that it becomes really important. But there's, so, there's something more now, and that is our users engaging and behaving with their content. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Ken Noor. Ken Noor is the CEO and founder of the white label digital marketing company, That Company. Yes, the company name is literally That Company. For over a decade, he's built a company that supports marketing firms in providing high quality SEO, PPC, social media, and reputation management services all under their respective brands. With over 400 plus agency partners, that company has become the most widely trusted name in white label services that provides a true end-to-end white label solution that's scalable. Ken is a leader who believes that one plus one equals three. Through his consensus, through debate leadership style, he believes the best solutions are created with his team, not just by himself. Today is going to be great. Ken, welcome to the show. I'm so, so excited to have you here. We started off our conversation just before I hit the record button. And when I asked you how you were, you said, It's the best day of my life. Which was it's like the best answer I'd ever heard. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the best day of my life. And uh, it, it's true. I was telling you all, all before. It, it comes from this place of Henry Ford. And he said, and I may be paraphrasing here, but in general, he said, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. And so my mindset is that yesterday is over my shoulder. There's nothing I can do about yesterday. It's already set. It's in stone. It's finished. Tomorrow, uh, it's not guaranteed. We could be sitting here on this podcast and, and a meteor could fall from the sky. And this is it. That was it. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So today is the only day of my life. And if I don't believe that it's the best day of my life, it stands no chance. So I get up, it's a mantra every day. And anytime anybody ever asks me, how are you? It's the best day of my life. And it reinforces for me. And it stands a chance of becoming historically the best day of my life. But it is the only day of my life, so it better be the best day of my life. Does that make sense? It makes such good sense that I declared it was the best day of my life too. And I'm I'm like, well, I suddenly feel amazing. (laughs) And hopefully all of your listeners are now having the best day of their life. And you're forward, right? It's just like, it's an infectious thing. When you tell somebody that, you tell that story to them, they immediately have a better day. They immediately think about how that, that, that's so, it's it's altruistic. I mean, it absolutely is. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You begin to believe, you know, if I don't think it's the best, it's not. Well, right. It's got to be, you know. That doesn't discount best days I've had in the past, but this is the one. This is the one I'm living right now, you know, and I'm having the best interview of my life, too. I, I love it. We're going to have a great interview, actually, yeah. because we're talking about things that I know uh, my audience loves that I am always craving and wanting to learn more. But before we go into all of that, that good stuff, um, marketing and, and business, let's talk about you and your, where you're at right now and how you got there so that our audience can have a better idea of, of your journey. Sure. It's a big, broad question. I just started at the beginning. I was born. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so I have been in the digital marketing space 
since the late 90s. Uh, and I did it in corporate America. I've been a serial entrepreneur, but I took a break and joined corporate America for about a 10-year span in the 90s. And um, in the late 90s, uh, I, I, I joined a, a developer, uh, a real estate developer, to develop uh, retirement communities in Florida. And he looked at me and said, we got to figure out this Google thing. And Google was, had just been born. And I was like, um, old people don't use computers to, to <laughs> and he says, we're doing retirement. He said, "Well, you're wrong. They're they're white collar workers who are building custom homes at three to five hundred thousand. They're, they're building custom homes and they live up north. And I'm in Florida, and they're searching online for where to go visit when they're thinking about the retirement and they're going to make a trip to Florida and consider the home builders they might want to build a retirement house. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know the home building industry. I'm a technology guy. At that time, I I was uh, signed on as his manager of IT." long time in technology and uh so went to go figure out the google thing long story short there was a an compact it really tight there was a wardrobe malfunction if you remember on a super bowl Ken yes Murdoch, i do my, my personal website on monday morning ranked number one for janet jackson's breast and i we figured it out we had done all this research and i figured it out and i brought it back to his business and we took the number one spot for florida retirement communities and we went from building 50 homes a year to building a thousand homes a year, generating 35,000 leads a year across the internet. We were able to, because of all the technology and how and digital work, prove that 75% of first contacts with, uh, with that company was through the internet. 2000, fast forward, 2007, I decide I'm going to jump out and I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to start helping other home builders do the same thing. And it was a really great idea, uh, except for 2008. Because <laughs> 2008, the whole building industry imploded. Well, I was six months old by that point. So in 2007, we started the company. 2008, everything crashes and burns in the home building industry. And so we immediately pivot 180 degrees to becoming like, um, digital marketing agnostic. We will do anything for everybody, which was a different story of being a mistake, but we, we made it. And we, and we did well. By 2010, Inc. Magazine had rated us one of the 500 fastest growing companies in the United States um, at number 180. Fast forward a little bit longer, back in those original days in 2008, uh, when we made that flip, we entered into our first white label relationship, which meant that an agency, we were doing SEO and pay-per-click, and we ranked number one uh, at the time for PPC management uh, nationwide, and shortly thereafter, SEO company nationwide. Anyway, long, the, the compacting area, 2007, 2008, an SEO company out of New York City calls us and says, hey, would you do pay-per-click for us? We do SEO, but we don't do pay-per-click. We said, sure, we can do that. But it was a totally custom arrangement. We weren't in the white label business. It was just an out-of-the-blue phone call. And so we entered into this custom arrangement, and they wanted everything. They wanted us to actually talk to their customers. Uh, they wanted us to uh, you know, interact directly where a lot of outsourcing and white label companies, they do the work for you, but they don't talk to the customer. So we built an entire system around that. And within a few years, uh, just with them, we had 70 clients uh, who were managing paperclip campaigns for 70 of their clients. Fast forward a little further, 2015. Um, as I mentioned, we, we ranked number one for SEO company. and held that spot in the number one nationally for eight years running. And Google overnight, tried to put 
SEO companies out of business. All of us that were on the front page, we knew, we knew, we all, we all knew each other in the actual position, SEO.com, all those guys. We, all of a sudden, overnight, none of us ranked anymore. And all of our rankings were for related to SEO companies, prices were falling. And we're like, what? what? And it was a major lead source. Within a few weeks of that, Google made SEO company into a local search, meaning that when you did a search for SEO company, you didn't get the nation's number one ranking SEO company or the guys that were battling it out amongst all the SEO firms. You got the one that was closest to you, just like what we, we call the Google turned SEO into pizza. When I did a search for pizza, I didn't want the national best pizza. No, I wanted the pizza that was closest to me, so I could pick it up or have to deliver. They yeah. did that to the place SEO so we decided at that moment that we needed to pivot again, a big pivot for us. So in 2015, we pivoted to a pure 100% white label, um, which means that we provide the backend services for agencies, over 400 of them throughout the United States, Canada, Europe, and Australia, mostly English speaking. And so we do search engine optimization, paperwork management, social media management, uh, reputation management, email campaign management, those are kind of our core. We do those for other agencies and we're full service in the sense that we also provide, we'll white label our sales support, meaning that you have a client or a prospect, you'll get on the phone with your prospect, uh, completely behaving as your company, operating under your brand and help close the business all the way out to, we'll interact with your customer after they're a customer, we'll provide your services to them, have their weekly meetings or monthly meetings, whatever cadence you're on with them. Uh, send out the reports, all of that goes out underneath your bank, your logos, your email addresses, all of that. And we completely, for all intents and purposes, your customer has no idea that we exist. And and that fits our brand. So um, we're that company. And so we're really that company, that company, that company. So we're all of these companies when we, we do that with clients. So that's, you know, that, that was a long version of how I got to learn. I, I love it. That's an, actually an awesome story. I wasn't expecting that. And I love it. It's, that's so cool that, you know, just, just have seen all of that. So let's talk about the company, the company called That Company. Yeah. It's easy to remember, right? You'll never it's forget. Super, that, right? I, it's so easy these, to remember. We have, these, we have these calls. When we first changed our, so our, our original brand was Build Intelligence, right? It was in the home building industry. Nobody could pronounce it. Nobody could spell it. They always want to call it build intelligence. They can cat me to work. But when we change to that company, we get phone calls that, that are like the who's on first conversations. Like I call up and go, can I talk to Bob? Who's calling? Uh, it's Ken from that company. What company? That company. No, what company? That company. Yes, that company. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I want to get into, I want to talk about marketing because I know you have yeah. some, you have some really great insight into clever ways that people can can actually take advantage of some marketing opportunities today because this this year has been it's it's been a lot of things for a lot of different people for some it has brought up a lot of opportunities for some they're starting all over they're having career changes their business couldn't survive for some of them their business boomed i mean there's such a range of things going on i think we can definitely agree that it's been a little shaky for people it's been uncertain what am i supposed to expect so in terms of marketing that's a huge thing because some people you know i don't think marketing has ever really set it and and forget it you have to constantly evolve so but it, more than ever, people are having to to shift their their messaging and and rapidly because things 
things seem to be changing day to day. So can we talk about that and, and what you see as opportunities? Sure. So let's let's back up a minute and 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 let me tell you that I think the the best way to learn is to look at history, right? And to look back at what happened in the past in big upsets in the marketplace um, or in the world as a whole. And when we, we think about looking at where we're at right now, it's, it is challenging, isn't it, to, for me anyway, to get up and say it's the best day of my life and it's 2020. And for me to think back and go, this is the best year of my life. But, and it's hard, I think, for people to have a positive outlook when they're dealing with so much chaos. Um, but we create our own outcomes. Uh, yes. And I think that that starts, if you have to fix anything, you have to fix six inches, right? And I would say this when I was coaching a, a soccer at the time, I was coaching kids in soccer, I was like, you have only six inches to fix. And I go, what do you mean six inches? I don't have to. Yeah, put, put one hand on, one finger on one temple on one side of your head, put the other finger on the other temple on the other side of your head, and there's six inches right there between your two fingers. That's what we've got to fix. It's a fix what's inside your head. And you have to think differently. You have to begin to think opportunistically, uh, you know, opportunistically in this environment. So let's go back in history for a minute. So the, we talk about the biggest crash economically that the United States and arguably the world ever saw was the Great Depression in 1929. And we think about that and we go, well, if you really go back and, and look at that, you find that incredible fortunes were made at that time. And how was how that done? Well, I can tell you about a, a small company that became a monster company because of that. And it was a shift in their marketing. It was a shift in uh, what they did. And if you want to read about it, I wrote a really long, it's, it's incredibly long to read, but right at the beginning of this whole COVID thing, I, I sat down with people and I said, I've got to get the story out to people so they understand. And so if you go to that company.com slash COVID dash 19, that's where all this is at, but in a very long form, but I'll give the succinct part of it. Talking about Procter & Gamble, which is, is a very, very large consumer products company. Today. I mean, they just have their fingers in everything. But in 1929, they were, they were a small soap company, right? And at the time, they were trying to figure out, you know, all of this is going down. And soap, which is a, like a, essential businesses, in the Great Depression, that's an essential business. We need to wash, we need to clean, we need to clean ourselves, we need to clean our clothing, you know, and their sales were falling apart, not because they had a bad product or not because of anything, but because their whole distribution chain was falling apart. The, the grocery stores that they were servicing were struggling. All, everybody was having a hard time. And so they shifted their marketing approach and they started doing these daytime serialized dramas on radio. It was a t Radio was kind of new in the, the, the early 30s as far as a marketing uh, platform it was it was kind of brave and they started these serialized daytime shows and if you're not familiar with a soap opera you know you should know that Procter and Gamble started the soap opera business that's why they're called soap operas because Procter and Gamble who was Oxidol does ivory soaps right they were the sponsors of all these daytime shows and they started this whole new marketing thing. And now all of a sudden they had housewives listening to their shows and absorbed in these stories. These, you know, you know so far, amazing. Amazingly, most people, I can't, 
almost can't stand to watch them. Too big for me. But it worked, and and it, and it blew. It absolutely blew their exposure up. Yeah. Um, in 2019, last year, they were a 67.7 billion dollar company. But go all the way back into the 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 19. Yeah, twenties and early thirties. They weren't they were nobody, but they 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 kept the positive. No, we've got to we've got a market now. Is not the time to pull back. Not in this crash. Now's not the time to stop marketing. Now's not the time to hunker down. Now's the time to expand and think about doing new things and how we're going to reach our audience in a new way. Same thing today. Same thing today. Right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you fall into one of these categories. You're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, an online marketer, or maybe an agency owner. I'm also guessing that you want new leads who are excited to buy from you. Am I right? Would you be excited to generate five new leads a day? 10, a hundred, maybe even hundreds. Do you even know where to begin to do that? I can tell you this, it doesn't begin with wishing and waiting, but it does begin with a successful lead funnel. If you want to have an endless stream of hot leads coming into your pipeline, you'll want to check out the five day lead challenge where you'll learn step-by-step the high level strategy to generate leads on demand for your specific business. You'll learn how to build your lead magnet that attracts these leads to you in the coolest way I've seen yet. You'll also learn how to take these people and then turn them into your dream leads. You'll also learn how to follow up with them and how to launch this funnel without having to spend any money. Sounds pretty cool, right? Can I make it even cooler? Okay, here it goes. It's all free, all free. Yes, you can learn all of this for free. So if you're ready to get access to this free five-day challenge, head over to thedrawshop.com forward slash five-day. Thedrawshop.com forward slash the number five and day. See you there. So what are, what are things that you, that you have done that has shifted this year? Sure. So first of all, What's being real? Uh, so there's a lot of things to talk about as far as what helped us. We've ex- we've actually experienced growth this year. And at the beginning of this, I've told you we're not going to experience growth we're, by right now in September, in March. I would have told I would have predicted we're not we're not going to grow this year. We have an opportunity to expand market recognition. Like we had, we we felt like at the moment at that time at the beginning of all this, we felt like this was a really good opportunity for us as competitors and whatnot. And this is holster in almost any industry. Competitors would pull back. Competitors would cut advertising budgets. Competitors would shrink to try to save money that this was going to be an opportunity for us to expand market presence that more people would know about us, but that we wouldn't recognize that investment until afterwards, right? Until this was all over and and much to our surprise, we, we we have grown since. And now I begin to understand what I didn't see then that that we're seeing now. But uh, and that is this massive unemployment uh, and people looking at can I go out and start my own agency? Can I go out and, and start my own my own direction because the company I was working for is gone? Um, and I didn't really perceive all of that. Um, I wish I had the perfect first of all, but 
we talk about you know what we've done as a, as our own company. But the first thing we did was we started talking to all of our partners. Right, so we work with agencies, lots of other small businesses that are in the marketing business, and a lot of them were very very concerned. And we said, don't shrink. No, no, no. This is the time to go out and capture market share, not pull back. I think that was huge. Right out of the gate, we talked to all of our our partners and said, change your mindset. Don't, it's not business as usual. Now's not, but it is absolutely not your first thought, which is to pull back into your shell and guard mm-hmm. yourself. So now's the time to go out and try to grab market which changed their their trajectories. Uh, it was a mental a mental shift for them, and I think that was the biggest thing. And then the other thing was we were empathetic. And, and, and boy, that's a, that's a word that I think is, is overused and misunderstood and, and probably has a lot of different meanings, but. I'm sorry, uh, say that word again. It, empath, empathetic. We had to be yes. empathetic. We had to learn to be empathetic. So we have, we have, you know, 30 day notices on when you cancel agreements with us and all these things, but COVID changed all that, right? We, we had to be empathetic to businesses that were going to struggle in this because as you said, and it, it was, it, some, some was a feast and some was, uh, you know, you know starved uh, and some was, uh, you know, fortunate. It it's been all over the place. Industries uh, that you didn't expect to do really well are booming. Other industries I thought would do really well, they're, they're struggling. And so that feast or famine kind of thing. So we had to be empathetic to the famine. We had to basically say, you know, we're going to let clients out. We're going to let uh, those that are struggling, you know, just terminate their agreements without notice. We understand. We're just going to be that way. And it was the right way to be with our partners, the right way to be with their customers. And, you know, you're, you're kind of logging that all the goodwill down the road will come back, right? But in the meantime, I, I think those are the two big things. Change the mental attitude of our partners about don't shrink, go, go harder. Uh, and then the second thing was uh, be empathetic to those that were struggling, and, and, and just recognize that that's how it is right now. And we have to, we have to you know, extend that, that, uh, that level of understanding to everyone around us that might be struggling. So those are yes. the two big, and those are, those are tactical. Like in, in digital marketing, we talk about all kinds of tactics, right? How we do search engine optimization, how, how we manipulate Google to get good results out of paid advertising campaigns, and the audiences, we talk about all those things, but, Starts, I think, with the top this big tactical view of we're going to go harder and we're going to be more understanding. It's just, um, I think that was, those were the big, the big, big shifts for us. Yeah. What, what are some of, when it comes to some tactical things right now sure. that you can, that you can share, um, you know, for, I know for our clients, some, some real challenges have been, you know, in terms of digital marketing, whether uh, it's paid media advertising, SEO, those types of things have have definitely shifted. Again, some some better than others. Some people are saying, "Wow, we're yeah. you know, there's a lot more faces in front of the computer now, so we're we're killing it. We're doing great." And some people are saying, "People are this is not what they want right now." So, you know how how can people and you know in those businesses that are struggling now. What are, and I know that's hard to, <laughs> to that's big, broad, broad strokes it's there, really, right? really broad, yeah. but maybe, you know, what is, what, what are some piece of pieces of advice that you could give that yeah. people should be looking at in terms of building again, in, in terms sure. of shifting their, their messaging and marketing? Sure. 
So let, let me give you, I'll, I'll break it in a, I don't, and I, I feel what you're trying to get at. Hey, is there something actionable that our audience could do, right? And, yeah. And I understand that your audience is marketing centric and, and, and wide and varied. And so let me break it into two, two, two buckets. So two really big buckets. And then I'll break the, the buckets further down. So let's start with the, the, the first bucket, which is um, organic search engine optimization. I love talking about it. We're really, we've been very high, very, very successful. There's been some dynamic changes going on in SEO during all of this um, that I think are super important that you need to understand. So, I'm, but I'm going to break that bucket into two more buckets. So we talk about SEO. We have probably got the two big buckets inside SEO are national level campaigns, people trying to rank and sell products uh, or services nationally or uh, local SEO, right? Local SEO is the uh, store down the street. Uh, and what's going on with, with that. There's been some big changes on the national side, which I think are super important to understand. Uh, and actually, they kind of relate to what you do, actually, in, in, in engagement, when we talk about some of the video assets and animation assets that you do. This actually relates in SEO, which it never did before, but it does now. Um, so if you look at a recent study that just came out on the ranking factors, the top ranking factors, the number one ranking factor, crazily enough, the number one ranking factor is the number, and, and there's a question between correlation and causation, but one would think that it's backlinks or something, it's not, or that it's content, it's not. The number one ranking factor is direct visits to a website, which means that all of your other marketing efforts that have nothing to do with digital marketing, that get people to come to your website directly, meaning they go to, they go to a browser and they type in www.yourcompanyname.com, is the number one ranking factor. Well, as an SEO company, I can't really help you out with that because you can't earn direct business. Um, but the next three top ranking factors today in SEO have nothing to do with content, have nothing to do with backlinks. Actually, to say yes, I'm doing content, it's not true. But the, the, the next three, in, and I don't know if I got these in order, but um, it doesn't matter, they're pretty, pretty much equal, is time on site means how, many, how long does a visitor spend on their website? Bounce rate. Bounce rate meaning if they come to your uh, web page, they get to your web page through an organic search result and they leave immediately, they don't look at any other pages. And pages per session, and that is how many pages they, they visit when they do come to the website. So Google is using a technology that's been for a long time called Rank Rate, and they look at user behavior. They're basically crowdsourcing what should be ranked. And the way that they're crowdsourcing that is they're watching the behavior of visitors and, and search. So when a visitor uh, sees a search or a searcher sees a search result and they click on it, Google watches that behavior. Did the visitor go away and never come back? Did the visitor come immediately back to the search results and go to something else? And so those three factors all have to do with engagement. And it used to be so much SEO was really hyper-focused on content. It's, there still has to be a, a focus on content, keyword density, actually using keywords, stuff like that in their content. And that becomes really important, but there's some, there's something more now. And that is, are users engaging and behaving with their content? Uh, are they interacting with their content? And, you know, talking to, uh, you know, before and understanding a little bit about what you guys in the animation space, that can drive up, uh, certainly can drive up uh, time on site, right? Uh, yeah. The amount of time that somebody spends there. Um, and that is now a ranking factor. It didn't used to be, but now it is. But it, it all makes sense if you think about it. Let's say Google puts you up into position three and 
people that see you in position three, they click on your result and then they come right back to the search engine and back to the result set and they go down and they click on position four. And in position four, they don't come back to the search result. What does Google take from that? Google takes a position four, that result that was below you, is actually better than you. That the user found what they were looking for. And they can literally watch that over tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of interactions, um, millions of interactions every day that interact with their search results and start to look at user behavior and go, does the site belong here? Does it not belong there? And so interactivity becomes uh, interaction, engagement becomes this huge thing. And I don't think most companies are realizing that change. So another thing that's going on, and I talked about on that national set real quick, is you need to go look at what are called core vitals. Uh, and that is another thing that Google has been big time attention to. So you go do a check on Google PageSpeed Insights, and it'll come back with a sense of core vitals. And core vitals have a lot to do with how, uh, how your website uh, behaves and interacts with the human, uh, meaning uh, you know, largest contentful paint, content layout shift, CLS. Um, in other words, you've seen that where you load a page and all of a sudden everything on that page starts moving around because it wasn't laid out correctly. So an image loaded up above and then it moved all the text. Down. Oh, yes, yes. You're, yeah, you're trying to read it and all of a sudden the text moves out, moves on you while you're on your phone or something. All of that user experiential stuff, Google is now playing all of that into ranking factors big time. And they're making a very big press towards user experience, user engagement. And yes, we have to have keywords there so that we can get in a position so Google can classify us correctly. But it's so much more than that now. And if you're mechanically just walking through SEO thinking that you're just going to write content and you're going to do it in a Dr. Susie kind of way, you know, you're going to include the keywords a number of times, that's a good start. But it's not going to, it's not going to keep you in the really hyper-competitive rankings on a national scale. So that's bucket number one. Is that helpful? Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. And I think it's, there's a lot of things that people maybe, yeah, haven't been thinking about. And that's, that's kind mm. of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. No, actionable. Go look at and understand engagement. And you need to be measuring engagement, which means you actually have to be watching what users are doing using heat maps, scroll maps, all kinds of other tools that were never before in the SEO tool set. They weren't right. called conversion rate optimization or CRO. But now all of that matters in SEO. It matters more than I think most people realize. But this is, you know, um, we've been in the front, the forefront of SEO for a long time. So, and I still are. But yeah. let, me, let me go up to the other segment, which I think is a huge bucket. It's probably even a bigger bucket. And that's that local SEO thing, right? So when you do a search, and I use the example before about pizza, and I do a search for pizza. If you do it in mobile, which by the way, the majority of search today is in mobile. Mobile has moved over to, to capitalize. It's a way, way beyond desktop. Average sites see 60 or more percent in mobile now. It may not be in a B2B arrangement. It may not be the first uh, interaction, but it may be a first interaction followed up by a desktop interaction. But when we talk about local, and you just look at the screen real estate for a minute. The, what I mean by the screen real estate is I do, a, I do a search in Google. What do I see on my screen? And so I want you to imagine mobile first for a second. And you do a search for something local. What do you see on the screen? Well, the screen is dominated by advertising. We get the first three slots are ads. And usually that's all above the fold. I mean, if you look at mobile, you got to scroll past the ads first, right? Right. And then the next thing that they present to you is what we call a map pack, right? It's that little map that shows you the three or so locations that are closest to you. And then below that map, it actually calls out three locations. 
So that's Google My Business. And that, that, and that pack and those listings there are what we call GMB or Google, Google My Business. In local, Google My Business is becoming the thing. It, because of the screen real estate, the organic results below it are important, but not. And we have taken a very much a, a GMB first uh, approach now to local. Everything becomes about Google My Business, less about your website and a whole lot more about your listings and the things that you do there to optimize what's going on with your Google My Business systems. I've got anecdotal as well as data evidence, but I'm giving anecdotal evidence, working with one client that is a, a bail bondsman. Bail bondsman's an interesting client to work with because in bail bonds, no advertising allowed. They utilize banned advertising for bail bonds. So if you get in jail and you need to, you need to bail somebody out, you, you can't find anybody in advertising now. Google shows you what happens with GMB. If his listing is in GMB, he's writing $25,000 a week on bonds. If he's outside the GMB and just in the number one spot in the Google Organics below the GMB, $2,500 in bonds. Mass, 10 times difference. Wow. Um, so you've got to look at what's going on with your GMB strategy if you're a local business. But I got some really good news on that. But if you're a local business, especially if you're in like the retail product sales, Google is doing some really cool stuff. And there's only a few companies that are actually involved in this right now, but Google's doing some really cool stuff. And that is if you have a, a system that you can track all your inventory, your point of sale system, you're tracking your inventory in your store. Google is now allowing us to push that data uh, and your store inventory into your GMB listing and you got to remember Google's motivation here. They're in a battle. Google's in a battle with relevance in shopping with Amazon. Right. And so now what they're doing is they're going to allow small businesses to push their inventory up. And they're going to show if that if you have the product that somebody was searching for, instead of showing Amazon, they're going to show a GMB result first and show you where you can go pick it up in 10 minutes versus buying it online. So Google is realizing that they want to support small and local businesses. And it's not because they love small local businesses, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they do or don't. I'm just saying it's kind of self-centering or self-serving, I guess, in their battle with Amazon. And if all the shopping is going to move to Amazon, then Google says, no, 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 let me help the small businesses out. Let's push the shopping back to small businesses. And then there's a lot more people we can get advertising dollars from and all that, working with all these small businesses. So... Uh, there's a battle going on in local, and Google, it's all about your GMB. So if you're a local business, you need to take a real good look at what's going on in your GMB, how it's optimized, uh, how the messaging that you're doing in the GMB platform is working. There you and go, two big buttons. Is this, is this relevant to people who, who don't have, who aren't reliant on just the, just being a local business, but actually work nationwide or worldwide? Is it still relevant to them? or less? As far as the GMB stuff? Yeah. Okay, so if they're, if, if you're on a national, first thing first, do a search for the keyword that a company's gonna find, uh, or your customer's gonna find your business. Do a search on the keyword. If it comes back with a local pack, then it's a local search result, which means that they're trying, Google is trying to show that there's a local company that offers that, and then you're, you're, you're fighting in a, in a local space. Um, if you're a national fighting in a local space, it becomes about it becomes about locations. Now, not all keywords have moved into having this local result, but a lot of key, a lot of keywords that are offered, you know, products or services that are offered at a local level. Looking for an accountant, they're not going to show you 
just a list without a map. They're going to show you a local result with the accounts area. If you're looking for accounting software, they're not going to show you the local results. They're going to show you a national set of results. So start there and understand whether or not you're fighting in a local space or you're fighting in a national space. Right. If you're fighting in a local space, then the locations become very, very important, or you're going to be in some kind of a paid advertising game if you're going to try to reach a national level with local results. But most of the time, local results are because people are searching for something nearby, but on a national level. Then. Did that answer your question, Sarah? It totally did. No, I think we've got some really great takeaways that I think people can put into action right away. Absolutely. So super, super helpful. This has been this has been awesome. I would like to let our listeners know if they want to learn more about that company. <laughs> yes, that company. And you, where where can they go? Sure. So let's uh, go to that company. Um, that yeah. company. Um, go to that company. Yeah, just go to that company.com. If you want to read about that Dr. Gamble thing I'm talking about, the idea about creating pent-up demand, if uh, you know, we're trying to look at, we've got a delayed demand for the product right now because of the way COVID settled out. I talk about all that there. Um, just click on the, I think we got a COVID-19 operational status or something. That's where I dump that article so that people can get it and understand it. But there's a lesson to be learned in the history. So go to that company.com. And uh, if you're looking for me online, you, you, you can find me at, at Ken Nor on Twitter. And you can search for Ken Nor on, on LinkedIn. I connect with uh, all kinds of business people. Uh, more, more than glad to work with you. Uh, while we work with white labels and we work with agencies uh, as our primary method of how we interact with clients, we do take direct clients, but we don't do an outbound approach for that. So, meaning that you know, we're not going to be calling you or be advertising for you. Though. We, we value our partners. But if you call us directly, we'll absolutely talk to you about any kind of digital marketing line. I'd love you for your help you achieve your goals. Fantastic. And as always, I will have links to everything in the show notes for you listeners, um, everything that you mentioned, Ken. Absolutely. And this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking about something that is so relevant right now and um, giving us really, really great takeaways and um Things that we can really put into action right now. Yeah. Super, Summer, it was, super uh, helpful. It was my pleasure to meet with you, and it was uh, really interesting meeting you as well. I got to ask all the questions about you at the other show, so we didn't talk about that. You go to That's show. right. I had my own interview beforehand. <laughs> yeah. but Maybe I, the next show we can do the reverse. Like I'll I'm, interview you on your own show. I'm really glad we all get to share the best day yeah. ever, so thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I hope that you have the best day ever. I hope you have the best week ever. I hope you have the best time the best year of your life this is it this is it do it this is it this is it thank you ken (laughs) have a great day you too Uh, bye now Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcasts where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.